Oakley Doakley. We are live. How's it going, everyone? Making sure the tech is right. Yes, we're good. Everybody, how's it going? Steven Ignoramus here. Welcome to Call Me Ignorant, episode 13 of this show. It is May 24th, 2019, 7.47 p.m., so pleased everyone is here. Call Me Ignorant is a live conversation show, whether with an interesting content creator, an expert in a field, or a fellow human being trying to spread a message. Call Me Ignorant will try to solve the problems of the world, conversationally speaking. We are streaming right now to YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Mixer, DLive, and Picarto. If you can't catch the show, show live, you can find it after the fact on the above-mentioned platforms, also on BitChute. Call Me Ignorant is also available in podcast format in Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. You can find me on Twitter at IgnoramusSteve or send me an email at StevenIgnoramus at gmail.com. Topic ideas, possible guests for the show, and things that I can look up are much appreciated. Tonight, my guest is Nathaniel Slattery. Nathaniel is an author, a friend of mine, has a YouTube channel where he focuses on Christianity and passages from the Bible. He participated in the dictionary debate that I moderated last week that you can find on the Generational Gaps YouTube channel as well as my own channel. He claims to get into fights online from time to time, and I tend to believe him when he says that. How's it going tonight, Nathaniel? It's going good. I was reading that uh, description you had of me, and I've got one criticism, okay. which is I told you um, everything you you said was perfect, except you said that I get into fights online. Oh. I told you I get into fights. Into fights. Okay. So <laughs> that's yeah. So not enough information there. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So are you uh, so like physical ones as well? Yeah, don't worry about that. That's okay. So, I mean, one of the, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask you about tonight was, uh, I think that you said you work in uh, in pest control as a job. That's right. Uh, yep. I'm a huge fan of Dirty Jobs by Mike Rowe, and I uh, some people might not be interested in learning about uh, things like pest control and sewage work and all this stuff, but I am. So, what do you do at your job? Well, it's a cush job, man. Um, and it's not the only thing I do. I've done some other things and own businesses, worked in marketing and whatnot. But, um, you know, the way I got into pest control actually was by cleaning out crawl spaces. And so that's much more dirty jobs. In fact, the first episode of Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe was the job I had. And what happened was, is I was working at a medical lab and, I, and then I started a business and they wouldn't let me uh, get off on time. And so I hand wrote my resignation and handed it to him. And then the next day, I realized I didn't have a job. And so, so I went to work for Jimmy John's delivering sandwiches, and I was working in a commercial district. And so every business I would go to, I'd be like, hey, what's up? What do you guys do here? Are you hiring? And then uh, I found this pest control company was hiring. And so uh, I went in and cleaned out crawl spaces. Wow. So, it's pretty legit. So you, you know? so you get everything from the small vermin to the big vermin and – well, well, if you want to hear some gross stuff, yes. what do you want? Do you want gross stuff? Yeah, I want to hear all. But to be honest, I mean, if people listening aren't into this, I really don't care. Like, I want to know about all kinds of gross stuff for sure. So, so like, uh, I did a lot of pest control in Seattle. And um, I remember there was this one time I went to a house uh, where the re they, they, they were very against causing harm to small animals, especially rats. And so um, they didn't want to do anything. Um, and then and then slowly they did. Basically, what got them going was he was sitting on his couch and then maggots started falling on his head. And so I said, well, that happened. So I checked into his attic. So I so I, you know, went up the ladder and looked in the attic 
And then uh, from below, I hear him asking me, you're not going to hurt him, are you? And then in front of me. <laughs> the maggots? In, no, well, it was a rat. It's it was a, rat. a dead okay. rat. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually where maggots come from. Oh, and uh, so I was getting the dead rat out. Well, um, the the maggot rat, you know, by the time maggots are popping out, they're pretty well rubberized and done. Um, but there was another rat that was stuck in a, uh, a rat trap there. The guy didn't even know it was there. And as I was watching, the alpha rat uh, was eating the other rat, cannibalizing him alive. And what they do is they crack open the skull and then eat the brain first. So I'm watching this, and then the guy below me is like, you're not going to hurt him, are you? And I say, you know, seems like they know what they signed up for. <laughs> so there's an alpha they're rat. Brutal. They're brutal. They're very brutal species. <laughs> so, there's, so I didn't know there was alpha rats. I don't oh, know, yeah. I don't know yeah. anything about rats. Explain. Uh, well, they're very social animals. They use them in lab demonstrations because they have one of the highest level of um, social packs and whatnot. I think they're higher than canines. So uh, you have an older rat is the alpha rat. He usually goes around and, and uh, eats the food. Then you have juniors, which is most of what you catch. You've got mama rats, you know. Yeah, that's rats. I, I, could, I know the way rats think. You know what I mean? So, like, I've done it for enough years where, like, I can predict what this rat is thinking and what's, what's its motivations, you know. <laughs> so that's hilarious i mean it's i mean i've i've never done anything like that in my life i mean i've i've spent a little bit of time on my uh my cousin's farm and uh you know we you know got some raccoons and i think a, a skunk or a possum but um as a job i mean i've always done music stuff and uh you know i you know i worked at an ice cream store so <laughs> i've gotten dirty <laughs> i've gotten dirty once in my life well um, well when i got that job uh working cleaning out crawl spaces my dad took me out for dinner and he's like i can't believe you made it because i was such a like a sensitive kid growing up i didn't even want to do dishes because i might get my hands dirty and i never even seen a crawl space when i did that job and the first crawl space, you know you crawl under there it feels like you're in hell and you put on this this paper suit with this mask and everything and then you're crawling through you know giant spiders hobo spiders wolf spiders webs everywhere Rat shit's coming down. You pull down this fiberglass insulation, a bunch of rat shit pulls down. Sometimes a dead rat will fall on you. And the, it's a paper suit, so it tears up the whole time you're in there. It was a pretty – it put hair on my chest, you know. Wow. I haven't been afraid of doing I've, – I've, I've done harder jobs, but um, I haven't been afraid of anything since since doing that job. So I see so. You, you answered this in the chat, but, yes, Yama Fago says, Nate, have you ever seen a rat king? Is that where they their t tails, like – wind up in each other and that's what that is right i have no idea what you're talking about oh well you answered a question in the chat it says yup lol from nathaniel slattery to yamafego saying nate have you ever seen a listen, rat king is that not i you? can't be listen i can't be held responsible for the things i say and do okay, gotcha <laughs> all right well i mean that's what I, that's what i'm pretty sure that is is where they they tie their own tails together and they all like die together and uh, have you is that seen... what that is? Yeah, I, think I thought so. that was a. I thought that was like a D and D monster. <laughs> I, <Honestly. laughs> yeah, have, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, it's it's a documentary called Rats. You ever seen? No, no. I've but I've seen thousands of rats. Yeah, and I've, I've never seen this. 
the, what, whatever you're talking about. In my experience, they, they have no honor. They kill each other for pleasure. No honor. They're barbarians. That's they deserve hilarious. to be exterminated. So we should you, put them into camps and exterminate them. So you, you did this. You do this currently. You live in North Carolina, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. And you did this as well in Seattle when you lived there. Ten years in Seattle. Yep. Okay. And I, I've done I've done a lot of stuff, man. So. So Yamafego says Stephen is right um, about that being where they like wrap their tails up in each other and. They like <laughs> you got to see this documentary rats because it talks about like this in the sewers of London. And it talks about these. Uh, I think they have Jack Russell terror terriers that dig them up from the, the in. Uh, they find them like in the dirt in the hills of Scotland. Um, oh, well, you well, there's different different rats for every occasion. You know, <laughs> if you if you go to Scotland or, or England, it's one thing like I, I, I had the city dump and those rats were mean, man. Like they would just. You know, you'd pop a box open filled with rat poison, and they'd be sitting there. They just ate all this rat poison. They've got all this energy still. They're not dead, and they just look at you. You know, I had to go get a stick and poke them with a stick. Usually, they run away. No, he's like, oh, "This is my house. What are you doing here?" So, Man. rats rats have highly developed personalities. So, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some weird stuff going on. I bet it was just those Scottish witches, though. <laughs> Oh man! So, what other vermin do you go after these days? Is it um, bugs too, or bigger stuff like raccoons, or like you said, you slaughtered a chicken too a couple weeks ago? Like, yeah. Well, um, well, legally in most states, you need a trapper's license to kill anything bigger than a than a um, rat. So it's okay. so that's as big as it gets. Okay. You know, I could tell you all about different types of bugs and stuff, but. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm running into snakes now for the first time in my life, which is pretty interesting. I'm hoping to catch one and make jerky out of it. Um, but uh, I was killing jerky. a chicken. Oh, yeah. You just hang it from a tree is what I heard. You cut off its head. Bury the head because they can still bite after you, after they're dead, apparently. Um, but anyways, the reason I was killing a chicken was because my neighbor, he, he owns chicken houses. And uh, his his wife had a problem with her foot. And so, you know, they just... They live off of these chicken houses. These are poor white folks, you know what I mean? And uh, so you have to walk the chicken house and, and kill kill the ones that are lame so they don't get trampled and spread disease and pick up all the dead ones. And so that's when I slaughtered the chickens. I, I helped him out while he was down, and uh, I got some free chickens out of it. It was, it was a great experience. You know? Wow. That's why I did a bunch of yard work today for a different neighbor. Wow. And so do you work on that full time or do you uh, on the pest control for full time? Do you also do odd jobs, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm young. I'm single. It's hard. Like if, if you're like a young single dude, I figured out a long time ago because I was working from home when I started my HVAC business that uh, when you're a young single dude and you got free time, you pretty much just destroy things. So um, mostly yourself, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Sure. And so. A long time ago, I figured out that I should just take whatever work I can get on the weekends and evenings to kind of keep myself occupied. Because I'm a pretty high, at least mentally, I'm a high, high, highly active person. So I, I, I get, I get myself and twisted up if I got too much free time. Oh yeah, that's definitely true about uh, young single men. Like, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna put it somewhere. They're, they're gonna oh, yeah. do, do something with it, and sometimes it ends in total destruction of yourself. I can relate. Yeah, or it's just like sitting around eating Cheetos and playing video games. You know, yeah. it's it's whatever. It's just hard to you know. There's a particular 
passage in a book that I like to read where it says uh, it's got four groups of people, old men, old women, young men and young women. Mm. And it got it's got a list of things to do, like young women, be humble, blah, blah, blah. It's got like a list of things. When it gets to the young men, it's got one thing. It says, just try to control yourselves. Mm. Nothing else. If you can do that, you'll be fine. Because mm. they know we couldn't handle, couldn't handle anything else. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 24 Thank as you. of uh, two weeks ago. Wow. Happy birthday. I didn't know that. Yeah, where the hell's, where the hell's my gift? Was yeah. it awesome? In the world? Yeah, you are young. I'm 31. Are you 31? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, look at me he's sitting 31 wearing a Disney Hakuna Matata t-shirt. Well, well, you look much older. It makes you feel <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate that. I uh, um, I interviewed this dude earlier today, Scott Cecil, and uh, I know I was I was watching that. Yeah. And I, what was funny was I was losing service, so so I got service when he was talking about how he was a part of the city council and he was a communist and he was <laughs> he you know, trying, <laughs> trying to support uh, you know, sodomy, and what he was basically. Fuck? He was basically the reason why this whole country has fallen apart. No. And and then I lost service right when you were about to talk. So I assume oh. you just told him that, that he was the problem. No. No, none of that happened. <laughs> Literally none of that happened. The reason oh. I brought that up is because uh, I think Scott is 37. And I think, like, if he's 37, I think I, I'm 47. Because I definitely look older than that dude. When I saw him, I thought he was, like, 27. And I was like, damn. Like, you, yeah, you yeah that happens when you're in the sodomy and, the and, fuck, dude? and eating dead babies and everything. So. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I can see why these fights <laughs> happen some time. None of that's true. <laughs> All right. So um, why did you move uh, from Seattle to um, North Carolina? So um, it's it, well, it took me about three months to make the decision because I have. I had a lot of connections in Seattle. I still have a lot of connections in Seattle, mm-hmm. but things were kind of were kind of burning burning low, anyways. Mm-hmm. And um, I have I you know I'm a hardworking dude. I've always worked like two, three, four jobs. You know, there were times where I, I like the only sleep I would get in a day would be an hour on a bus in between jobs, and uh, so I would have like four hours of bus riding and sleeping. And so, anyways, when I got to be uh, about 22, 20, 23. So two or three years ago, I decided I was, I wanted to get married at some point. And, uh, I started, I started paying attention to the women that were constantly hitting on me. Cause I was so <laughs> such a great catch. Yeah. And, uh, that's actually true. Yeah. But, uh, well, I actually didn't pay much attention to those women. I was more interested in the women that didn't hit on me, but that's just a dude thing. Uh, but, uh, I realized that pretty much all the women in Seattle were either um, totally against marriage and children or they uh, were naive and um, hadn't really experienced much of the world. So I, so I was like, I got to figure something out here because I didn't want to wait 10 years for everyone to grow up. And um, an opportunity came up to move to North Carolina to work with a company that was starting and, uh, I, I took it, mm. you know, and there were good Christian men in my life. Some of my best friends that told me I was being a coward and running away. And it was, uh, it was a very dramatic. It was pretty fun. Mm. And then you, and then you get here and it's like Abraham in the promised land, you get here and then you do nothing but hang out for 40 years, you know, 
because nothing's happened since I've been here, mm. except for killing the chicken. Yeah. And starting a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. You know. Definitely going to talk hey. about that. You're close to Asheville, right? Uh, Kind of. Kind I'm, of, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a little over an hour from Asheville. Oh, okay. All right, gotcha. I thought you were closer than that. All right. I'm closer to uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just as close to Charlotte as Winston Salem, but okay. Charlotte, Charlotte's kind of this, the nexus. I do, I do a lot of work in Hickory. Yeah, so. I know Hickory very, very well. Do you? Yeah, uh, my family is from my, my my dad's side of the family is from that area. Yeah. So, so, um, what do you think about what's going on with uh, like? I, I since I came here, everyone, everyone. Everyone was like, you know, certain places you'll see crazy protests and college kids and liberals. And I was like, you don't know what a liberal is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so what do you think of the area? Uh, well, I love it. I don't really know much about protests and uh, stuff like that that's going on there. But I mean, I mostly uh, know about the area from my childhood before I cared about, you know, didn't have a care in the world. But um, my my grandparents uh, live in uh, Lenore and sometimes Boone. OK. Um, and, uh, I, you know, most of my memories from there have you know nothing to do with politics or culture or anything like that just family. And I like it just right. fine. I, I, North Carolina is probably my favorite state. It's it's pretty sweet. I mean, I had no connections here. You know, most of my extended family is in like Massachusetts, Maine, uh, Maryland, uh, uh, Wisconsin. And I don't know any of those people anyway. So North Carolina was like the least it was it was very much um, out of the blue. Mm. But it's but I'm very happy to be here. Cool. uh, It's great. And I'm actually looking at buying some land in Lenore. Nice. There's a there's a dude selling land that he inherited from his mom, 48 acres, and he's selling it for less than half of what it's appraised at, which mm. is pretty sweet. Yeah, that land for sure. Yeah. Um, you I mean, build me an old compound and you know and start live, a cult and live. Yeah, yeah, those cults, man, they're <laughs> popping up left and right these days. Um, yeah, maybe rightfully so. You've been wanting to do that for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's funny um so uh, one of the reasons i wanted to have you on was because uh i saw you on the generational gaps uh stream and we did the i moderated the debate between you guys and uh we'll get into well, that well and... what's weird is you brought me on to that one so like you were on this other stream and uh you know i won't tell them in case it blows your cover or whatever but uh you were like i'm gonna moderate this gun debate and then i went on that because i was like i'm gonna support steven he does some good music every once in a while which is more than i can say for most people and you know i'm on there and and the one guy is like we shouldn't have any guns and then the other guy is like well we should have guns unless unless one of your cousins twice removed says you shouldn't and i'm like this is bullshit no one's actually defending the second amendment and so i started yelling at them and then and then they were like well you can come on here and debate and i said that sounds great and then we were talking about religion, and I said, Jesus Christ is a badass, and they thought I was joking, and because I was cussing and talking about God or whatever, and then I came out for a religion debate. So, I, so are you talking about the, the generational gaps gun gun debate? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Or, okay, gotcha. You can blow that cover. Everybody knows about that. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, the other cover was, was something having to do with a, with a forest animal. Oh. That, that supposedly shits in the woods, although yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to ask about that too. I mean, yeah, that's dude. I got. I don't have any secrets here. It's totally fine. Um, okay, but yeah, that that's fine. Um, so I have many secrets. You have many, yeah. 
But they're so deep, you would never even you're think the, of the questions you're to the ask. Rat king, that's what it is. Um, so, 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 um, the, let's talk about the debate that the dictionary debate. So, the the resolution okay. from that debate was, uh, I believe, that the 1913 Webster's Dictionary is more accurate and helpful in solving uh, political disputes than the current one. And you, yep. you took the pro side of that. And, uh, I wrote that resolution. Yeah, and Robert took the con side. And one of the things I wanted to ask about was you, you were pretty adamant about not liking debate structure. So um, I want you to – why don't you explain your views on that, why you think that's you know good or bad, why and why not, stuff like that. Well, I was on a debate team, hmm. and, um, and I did very well. I did one year of it and um, was I, – I did so well that no one knew I was a uh, novice. And uh, it, and I mean that because when I got the uh, best novice award at the end of the year or whatever that they gave in the state, um, everyone's like, is he a novice? You know? And so um, so you get around these people. Here's the thing about debate is you you have to there's a couple of different forms of it. There's public forum, Lincoln Douglas, um, student Congress, and then there's a number of uh, individual events and different things like that. I like student Congress. That was fun as hell. Um, but there was so much backbiting and, and evil to it. And the, the fundamental problem with it is that you're a lawyer. You don't pick your side. They flip a coin. You have to prepare for both sides, pro and, and ask and neg. F and uh, oh, or, yeah, okay, gotcha. So I've been saying that wrong for weeks then. It's not pro and con. It's affirmative and negative. It's uh, pro and con, I believe, in Lincoln Douglas. Okay. It's aff and neg in public form. And the other one's cross, uh, uh, cross uh, X. There's a, there's a third one that's actually the main one, but I never had any interest in it because it's, it's nothing but papers. Um, but anyways, so, and the problem is, is that, as a Christian, I remember I watched this guy, Ravi Zacharias, when I was trying to figure out what what uh, what had happened to me when I became uh, a follower of Christ, because it was very surprising the way it happened. Um, and so somebody turned me on to Ravi Zacharias, and I never really enjoyed his uh, preaching, but he did debates. He would go into college campuses and do apologetics um, and what I noticed about him, there was one college kid. Dude looks like a tranny. You know, I would have killed him. You know what I mean? In my perfect society. And, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but the dude looks like a tranny. <laughs> yeah. So the dude looked like a tranny. And, and uh, he was, it was in Sweden. And he was asking Ravi a question. And Ravi answered the question. And it was a really, like, really intellectual sort of question. It was like, what about the, you know, foundational conversation? You know, when, you know what I mean? And so Ravi answers the question. The whole audience is satisfied. But the one kid who asked the question, you can just tell by the look on his face that it didn't change his mind. And so Ravi totally ignores the whole audience and just focuses on this kid and says, well, what about this? And keeps the conversation going, even though everyone's totally satisfied with what Ravi said. And then at the end of the, of the thing with the conversation with the kid, he couldn't get the kid to, to change. And so we gave him his personal email and said, let's keep talking about this until you can figure this out. Mm. And I realized that that was one of the differences about Christians compared to other people is, that, is, is, is how they cared about individuals. So what I don't like about debate is me. And I always failed at straight up debate. That's why I like 
student congress because um, you could switch sides in the middle of a debate in student congress um, is you, you can't care about your opponent at all mm -hmm. if you do if you do you fail and it's much more about strategy where if you defeat your opponent in the first round with the first round of of arguments what you're going to do is force him to because he'll know he's defeated if he's a good debater you'll force him to rely on nothing but um word play and and um and uh highly pathos arguments where he's just going to try to convince and it it totally degrades the argument and um ruins it so it's all about strategy and it's very um unsympathetic so mm. that's why i don't like about it yeah it is there's no point in having a conversation with somebody if uh sh shoot sorry gotta go no i no something popped up and i tried to close it down instead of yeah that was a it. weird sound for a second yeah, that's the uh, preachers trying to set up their debate oh. um, or their conversation. Okay, but um, yeah. Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> I think the old, you know, I don't know where I got this from, but it seems like a lot of people know this these days that there's, you know, there's the trying to convince the people you're talking to, and then there's the trying to convince the audience, and uh, yeah. And, and I, that's the point of debate is, yeah. is to convince the audience, which is fine um, if it's in the right um, if it's in the right setting. Mm. Like I'll debate preachers because I'm debating them on fine points of um, of you know how to be a Christian, mm. like cussing or female leadership or things like that. And the people who are listening are typically Christians. They have never heard that before. So it's a great, it's great, you know, mm. and, but, you know, impromptu debates, one thing. Um, anyways. Yeah. So, so do you like, that's one of the things that I, uh, I don't know. I guess I've kind of a, a personal stake in it because I want to, I want to interview a ton of people. I mean, I, I would interview thousands, thousands of people and I don't. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You just had a fancy dancy uh, city council guy. And then you brought me with, you know, I'm wearing a paint colored shirt. I dressed up. I tried to fit your theme, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, I really like, I want to push this thing as far as I can. I, I mean, you know, you know, I, I look at this as, as practice of talking to people and practice of interviewing. And if I could be, you know, like a Joe Rogan, but more honest, I, I would, um, you know, I, you know, I used to be a huge fan of Joe Rogan's. I, I'm not really anymore because I, I, I don't know what his underlying agenda is, but I think he's got one. Uh, and you know, I've heard that he has like a blacklist of people that he won't interview, but he never talks about it. And I, I tend to, to respect interviewers that are open about their blacklist. They're like, Here, here's the people I won't talk to. Here's why. And I, I, I can't understand the perspective of just not wanting to talk to someone yeah. At, at all. I mean, you know, you're saying stuff I don't agree with. Uh, Scott said some stuff I didn't agree with, and I'm sure it's going to happen in every single interview. And, you know, even if something's offensive, I'm just like, man, we're talking into a webcam and I'm trying to be a professional. So, um, yeah, but, let's have fun, man. You're from North Carolina. You know, <laughs> I'm from New Hampshire. We can have a fight. Yeah. And, I, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, I, I never listened to him because I just don't like dumb potheads. Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, man. As a former one, 
then <laughs> I, uh, I, that's why I liked him. <laughs> when I was listening to him, I was smoking tons of pot, man. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, oh, it, it definitely lowers your standards. Yeah, so. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. But I mean, the, you know, he's on I think is like fifteen hundredth episode or some or something like that. Um, and you know, Scott and I talked about uh, cannabis legalization a bunch today, and um, I would talk to anybody. I would interview people protesting downtown. I would interview Trump, Obama, Hillary, the most polarizing figures in the world. I would I would talk to him. But what, I guess what I'm wondering is is I struggle a lot with the informal debate, you know, when, when you're just talking to someone and all of a sudden the shit is on, you know, and you can tell early that you're not going to convince some someone of anything when it's too entrenched a stance. And I want to be able to, but I also want to be able to, you know, walk away before it gets too heated. And it's just the idea of convincing someone of something is to me almost immeasurable. Like when does it happen other than when they admit it? Most people never admit it, so it looks like well, you know. Well, um, if you if you surround yourself with with good mature men, what they will do is they will give you a fight, a run for your money, and then they will walk away and think about what you said, and then they'll change afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what you do if mm-hmm. you want to have an argument. And there's also, you know, like for instance, cannabis uh, legalization. You know, pot legalization. I don't know why these these potheads get so intellectual about it. It's mm. it's pot. You know, that's fine. Pot legalization. It's like, oh, it's a cannabis plant. Anyways, uh, I am I am uh, very much. Um, I don't care about it like at all. Yeah. And lately, I've been for legalization. Um, I've had a number of. Uh, family members in the business. I've I've had offers to get into that business. I did. I typically didn't do it because it was. It's just a lot of uh, dumbass twenty year olds that want to make a quick buck, and you don't want to get into business with people like that. Mm. But um, if it's good, you know, a lot of the guys who walk into these pot shops are like fifty year old dudes from the seventies. They're like solid people, and that's fine. Mm. And I think it's a whole lot better than opioids. Mm. So. Um, it's uh, yeah, like if it's a if I'm having a conversation about pot legalization, I'm going to be a lot less firm, uh, you know, and I change my mind a lot. I was talking to um, to Robert from the generational gap, I think off camera. And he was saying that he thinks church should influence government officials for a while at, uh, as much. And I was thinking, well, you know, maybe it shouldn't, um, because if it didn't, you know, Trump wouldn't be as pro-Israel as he is because that comes from from the church influence mm. that he has, and and it seems clear to me lately that he's too pro-Israel. Um, I've never been, I've, I've never had a hard opinion on Israel either. And then another one that happened is I was arguing with a dude who was my uh, roommate uh, and landlord, and we were talking about gay people, and he was like, um, "Well, I think you're born that way," and I had just become a Christian. And then after that became a conservative. And then I was like, you know, I had to think about it. And I was like, having just read the Bible for the first time, I was like, yeah, I guess you are born that way because we're all born sinners. Hmm. So some people are born with a predilection to drinking and some people are not, don't have any problem with it. Some people are born with a predilection to gambling. Some people are born with a predilection to the color blue. You know, it doesn't even have to be a moral thing. So, yeah, you are born that way. doesn't mean you have to stay that way, Hmm. you know. 
I struggled a lot with my, my whole family is is riddled with um, homosexuality, and I struggled a lot with that. But at the end of the day, I want to have my own kids, and not, um, a, you know, I want to adopt kids too. But like, I want to actually have a, a functional family, so I can choose what I want to be. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's why. Because I was when I was a teenager, I, I told everyone. See, now they're trying to invite me. They never give me any warning about this stuff, and then they expect me to just show up. I told them what I was doing. These preachers, right? So, to answer your question, I don't remember your question. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, I mean, um, yeah, no, it's fine. We're just having a conversation. Uh, so, you've mentioned, I think, before that you've had you've had some problems with your family in the past because, uh, like, your opinions are, you know. You said you like you oh, said you get in fights. Yeah. What happened there? Well, it's crazy. Um, I always, you know, I'm a slatter. You know what I mean? Like I was raised to have honor. You know, me and all my brothers were very intelligent. My dad was a um, was a uh, a navy uh, navy guy, and then he became a scientist. He worked on you know top secret missiles. Um, my mom, and he was an author. My mom was a horror story writer Mm. and she was, she was one of the first women to get into electrical engineering. She was flying around back in the eighties. She was flying around, you know, to Boston, to Seattle, to LA all the time. She was an executive, one of the first women to ever do this. Her dad was working on, uh, stealth planes and stealth bombers. He was a, he was a stunt pilot. Like we're very intelligent people. Um, we're a little elitist. And so, when I became um, Christian, uh, and actually when I became a business owner um, first, and then and then a Christian, hmm. um, I thought that what was going to happen was, and I'm actually I'm writing a fiction book, and on my channel I'm reading through it. That kind of is a parable of what I'm talking about here. But I thought that what would happen would was was my family would excuse me, change when they saw truth, if I just showed it to them and they didn't at all. And, um, it's because I didn't realize how far gone they were and interacting with them, uh, pushed me further and further right in my politics, because I could see how just a little bit of a give would, would corrupt the whole family and destroy the family. I'll give you an example. I was driving around with my brother, uh, uh, my, you know, I probably shouldn't use their names, but at least not this one brother. Cause he, I still have, uh, some obligation to him, but I was driving around with him. He was in the Marines. He's my, he's the middle of five. I'm the youngest of five. I've got three brothers. It's him. And then another brother. And then my oldest brother and my sister is right above me. And, uh, I was driving around with him and he said, Hey, I don't know if you heard this. Um, but John is is now a girl, and so you have to call him by this name, and he's a girl. And uh, I said, you know, I didn't say anything actually. I just started crying because uh, I basically was grieving was grieving uh, his death at that point because because he had been uh, my mother was a major alcoholic, and he had been the, fa- the father figure in the in the household as as I was growing up. There's there's a seven or eight year difference between us. So he's much older. So anyways, the next time I saw him, he had breasts and, uh, 
was fucked up, but I was like, Hey, um, I gave him a hug and I totally accepted him. And I kept going back to their house and talking to him. And, uh, one day they were talking about politics and, um, they were making fun of Sean Spicer. <clears throat> Do you know who Sean Spicer yeah. is? The old press secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Totally an insignificant guy in the grand scheme of things. Like not, he's not, he doesn't have nobody, hardly anybody knows his name, but I had been watching. He's a great guy. You know, don't get me wrong. As far as I know about him, but I had been watching the press secretary things and I knew about him. And I said, you know, I think he's an all right guy. I said, I think Sean Spicer, I think he's an all right guy. And that statement, uh, was enough to get me kicked out of that house forever. Whoa. And uh, they wouldn't talk to me anymore. Whoa. And I said, uh, I said, Hey, you know, fuck this then you, you're not a girl, you're a man, you know, and you abandoned the children that you had taken into your household. Cause he had taken in three girls into his household uh, with his girlfriend and uh, and you're you're abandoning me and you're totally rejecting, you know, so I started speaking honestly because I realized that acceptance and uh, gentleness doesn't work if you don't have boundaries. You know what I mean? I recently realized my sister was a murderer because she had an abortion, you know, and I'm, I'm not keeping secrets anymore for people uh, when they just totally reject me for little things. And uh, that doesn't mean she can't be forgiven. But you can't be forgiven for a crime unless you admit to doing the crime. You killed your own babies. Why would I let you around my children? You know? Um, so, um, yeah, and I remember having a conversation with my brother after he was a girl before before we totally never talked again. And I've called him. You know, he, he won't talk to me. Um, How long ago was this? I think two or three years. Okay. So um, it's been a whirlwind. These yeah. last five years have been crazy. Like I'm 180 degrees constantly, you know. But um, I was having a conversation with him, and we were talking about his lifestyle choice. And I said, John, you know, be honest with me. Of the two of us, which one of us has been more alienated Um because of their lifestyle choices, you or me. And he had to be honest and say it was me. Cause since I had been a Christian, everyone had pretty much pushed me out of things and it was a slow thing. And they basically expected me to be tolerant and accepting. And I was, and they were never tolerant and accepting to me. And they totally pushed me out of their lives. So I'm like, Oh, fuck it. Okay. You're a fucking uh, bitch is what you are. You're, you're a pussy and you're a um, eunuch. So hope you're happy with that. And then, Another thing that was interesting about that is when that was all going on, I went around and talked to all my family members. And I said, what do you actually think? You know, do you actually, are you comfortable with this? And every single person said, no, this is, this is really wrong that John did this. But whenever they're around John, they call him by his girl's name and totally show approval and, and totally treat me like I'm a piece of filth. So yeah, I'm not playing that fucking game anymore. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and wow. it, and people are like, well, you're blinded by anger. I've had so many people tell me, because I talk about my mom a lot and how she's a, a, a wretched cunt. And I think that's a very Christian statement, by the way. Um, <laughs> and it's a Christian statement. I really think that. And uh, it took me a while. You know, I had I constantly wanted to forgive her. But um, 
Anyways, the amount of people, and I could talk about that. That'd be a 30-minute conversation. But the amount of people who tell me, you just need to forgive your mom and move on. It's like, have you never lived in the world? Do you realize that when you when you supposedly forgive people by saying it out loud, nothing changes with them? Like, do you actually want to, like, make yourself feel a little better because you said a few words? Or do you want to help change those people? Because they're going to hell. They're going to hell. They're creating hell on earth. They're abandoning their children. They're abusing people. And you won't be honest enough to tell them what they're doing. If your own son can say it's a Christian statement to call you a wretched cunt, then you should maybe pick up on the fact that you've done a few things and change. Hmm. You know, just just saying. Wow. That's intense. So so what's uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, actually, Probably green. Oh, Michelle. Probably Michelle green. Probably green? green. Probably. It's I always knew, been green. Was that? You're such a lightweight. Am I? I always liked it because I because it was weed. <laughs> but I don't smoke weed now. But I I've been a green guy uh, my entire life. That's interesting. But dude, like, man, that's intense, man. I mean, you got people in the chat saying, "Speak it, brother." In- interesting to hear more backs backstory. Um, yeah, Michelle's the best. She's great. Uh, who's Michelle? Is that someone in the chat? Yeah, M M Film Trip. Okay, Michelle. Cool, Michelle Film Trip, and she's great. She's one of the few women that haven't totally left because of something I said. Because I'll mm. say things all the time, and women will just leave. It's great. You know, yeah. I went on this one girl's channel, uh, Sing Along Bear, who's great. Yeah, went on her channel, and she lost like ten su- subscribers the next day. It's so so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at that, but just like I don't know, man. I I definitely no, have, uh, it's great. the Hilarious. sense of humor where like when I'm made uncomfortable by something, I I laugh a lot, and I just I, I laugh a lot at drama and controversy, and when there's these like I think aw- it's hilarious awkward rubber meets the road moments, I'm just like, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm running a show here, and uh, you're <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with shit. I just want to let people talk, but um, that's you know, that's one of the things I want to do as an interviewer is is I don't know if it's possible for me to get people in the same room that are are really really opposed um but are you still there you froze for a second i'm still here i'm listening i just had to do something off screen oh gotcha yeah so i'm you know i don't know if, if it's i don't know i just the idea of getting people in the room together that would be like totally thrown off by the way each other talks and the way each other acts is is that a way of making the world better um is it, is it does totally it do... no th- totally a good thing because it's good. Um, I, you think so? I, well, when I was in Seattle, um, I was a part of this uh, organization of, of Christian, Christian business owners that were trying to teach people how to be entrepreneurs and not just be a slave mm. their whole fucking life. And um, I was trying to tell this people, these people by the time I left, I said, you guys got to realize that you're only in so many cities in the country and you you don't understand the culture throughout the country. Like so many people are turned off by Trump because he, he says, oh, I put two bullets in the back of his head or whatever. That's how people from, from the Northeast talk, mm. you know? And it's like, you can't figure that out until you talk with them. Like there's been so many great, it's puritanical, that culture, but they cuss all the time. Like it's such a great culture. And yet so many people are turned off because they say fuck every now and then. Mm. It's like, I could walk into my church tomorrow and and have everyone know that I had slept with their daughter and, and they would forgive me. Mm. But if I said fuck 
I would be like ostracized immediately. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So what were you saying? I don't know if I'm no, really I, that's, that's about the, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, uh, some people hold their values in what people say. Some people hold in what they do. And, you know, I just, one of my main values is just free speech. And I, 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 you know, I get offended by stuff too. And I, I, you know, I, I get, you know, thrown off by the way people talk, but it, it's like free speech is almost a, like a survival thing for me because you, you literally can't get the, to the truth unless there's free speech. So it's not like free speech so I can hear what I want. It's just like, you have no idea what truth is unless you're, unless there's freedom to think freedom to talk. And, um, I try my best to, when I'm offended, I, I try to look at myself and be like, why is this happening? Why am I the one offended? This person feels comfortable talking that way. I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen on almost every show I do. Um, and I, don't, I wouldn't say maybe the problem is with me, but it is a thing going on. Being offended is a thing that happens inside your head, inside of your heart. It's not a external physical reality. It's uh, so and people that seems to be their measuring. A lot of people's measuring or the bar they said is how bothered some something is to them. But like, how do you figure shit out if it if that's if being bothered is what you care about the most? So I'm interested in. in well, they just avoid they just avoid being bothered ever. Yeah. And and that's the problem. It's totally okay to be offended. Yeah. It's like uh another big thing that that they do in, in Christianity is they act like uh anger is a sin. Mm. And it's not. Here's another one that's even harder to understand. Hatred is not a sin. If it was, how could God hate all these people? And they're like, well, that well God's hate is a different sort of hate than our hate. Well, God's love is a different sort of love than our love. So can we not love? Like that's retarded. Um, the point is, is that when you feel these emotions, like offense, it, it it's in the reptilian part of your brain, and you have to analyze it with the logical part of your brain. Why are you offended? Figure it out. And if it's a real thing, talk to the person about it. And if they don't want to change, then then just act accordingly. Me and me and Devin. You wanted to talk about some of the controversies and the drama, and it's be a ton of fun. Sure. Me and Devin, uh, Gospel Bearer is his uh, YouTube channel. He, um, you know, we, we, we reached an understanding where I was like, I'm going to cuss. And uh, he, he's like, well, you know, it, I struggle with it because of this, that, and this thing. And I said, you know what, I, as a personal favor to you, I can try not to cuss around you. That's fine. But you, you, it, it, I'm not... The problem is, is that you just tell me I'm a bad person because I cuss. And it's like, that's not convincing. I'll fight. You know, oh, am I really a fucking bad person? You know what I mean? Mm. We'll have that conversation. Yeah. But um, I mean, so, uh, you know, I guess this is a good uh, opportunity just to ask. So, so um, well, you know, there's these other streams that, you know, you say you're like, I don't want to blow your cover. But so um, I what I want you to do is I want you to explain to the people out here that don't know what uh, a bear is. And uh, I will oh. say that I am I'm, uh, you know, unverified. I consider myself to be, you know, bear adjacent. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I am a I'm a straight up fence sitter, not, not because I'm I, you know, I definitely have the values of uh, of, you know, certain groups, but also I'm an individualist. And I want I want everyone to not get along, but I want to be able to figure stuff out. And when there's groups that like there's hatred between groups and there's certain 
things said between groups, I, I kind of try to distance myself from that. So that's why I'm not like I don't go full in. I mean, I kind of libertarian values. I've kind of Christian values. I am a Christian, but I sometimes I have trouble committing to a group. I don't know if that's bad or good. No, but, no, you know, it's um, I want to get along with people, you know, but I also don't want to lie and I don't want to. um. You know, I, I live well, in a city where it's, you know, mostly progressive Democrat. And but I, I want those people on my show, but I also don't want to hide from who I am. So what is a bear and why is there so much controversy behind that? I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Um, uh, and I want to do a good job of explaining it. You when you now I'll, I'll give the very specific definition or I'll explain to you the story behind the bears and whatnot. But I want to say that when you have a leader an influential person um, that forms a group or whatever. People take the mantle or whatever. There are really good leaders who teach people to be free Mm. and to think for themselves. And um, people, people have such a tendency of forming into this group think, you know, and, and, and getting like one person to to help them make all their decisions. Mm. That's funny because you can watch, somebody say, I want you to make your own decisions and teach them people how to make their own decisions. And yet um, people will still like fall into this group and then they'll start um, even policing each other and saying, well, that doesn't quite line up with what Owen said. Mm. It's like, fuck, the whole point is it, it's not supposed to. So like, for instance, I've got a bear name. It doesn't mean a damn thing. You, there's a thousand organizations that, that, well, there, there's, that's not true. There is, um, probably about a dozen organizations that I uh, will support. There's probably about three that I will consider myself a member of. And I don't walk around telling everybody that I am a member of that. Mm. You know what I mean? It, hardly anybody knows my bear name. I use my full name, yeah. you know, but um, what a bear is, is uh, Owen Benjamin was a comedian in LA um, who was a just a, a regular guy who believed in God, but he was okay with mocking him. And then um, he was he was working in L.A. doing pretty well. He was on a very popular sitcom. He's a, he's an okay guy. Um, did well. He's not like a B-rate actor. Um, worked with some high up people. He wasn't like the number one. Uh oh, we lost Nathaniel for a second. Huh. Uh oh, everybody. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, everyone. We lost Nathaniel. Are you still here, Nathaniel? Uh oh. All right. So I threw I threw on some music for a second. Um, Nathaniel left for a second. I'm gonna try to reboot this back up. Um. Sorry, guys. That was interesting that it happened right when he was talking about that. Nathaniel says he's looking right at me. Can you leave the call? And uh, I'm going to leave the call as well. That was weird. Sorry, everybody. Join call. You there? Yeah, I'm here, but I... uh, What's going on? I don't know. It says my my stream. Uh, hang tight, real fast. I'm gonna stop the stream real fast and come back. Did I get you kicked off? I have no idea. It was so weird that it's happened when we were talking about that. I'm gonna kill the stream, and we're back up.
Sorry about that. So, um, hey everybody, call me ignorant. We're back in town. Um, I'm gonna uh, this uploads as a podcast to uh, to Spotify, Apple, and Google Play later. So I'm gonna splice splice the audio feeds together so we can get one coherent thing. I'll probably make it one video later too. So, um, I don't know. Um, you were just talking about um what a bear is, what being verified is, and who Owen Benjamin is. So why don't you pick up? For where, me did from I, where did I? Where did I? Where you were talking about? You were talking about um who Owen was before this whole thing got started. So he was. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he so he was a comedian, and then and then one day, there was somebody in his sphere, um, not even really that he knew, who on Twitter announced that his three year old son was now a girl. Okay, so Owen said, "Well, that's child abuse." And made a really big deal of it on Twitter. Well, the whole, everybody turned on him. You know, he lost his career and everything else. During this whole thing, there would be tons of, you know, uh, bots and, and things and, and, and trolls, I guess, swarming at him. And uh, every now and then he would be on Twitter or something and somebody would say something to him and they would put an emoji of a bear. And so he could know that that was a real person. And uh, they were legit. And then he could, you know, he, he had his few friends. Mm. And so he went on this crazy journey. And I, I wasn't here from the beginning. This is, this is, I was much later that I started listening to him. And it's not the most important thing in my life. He's been extremely helpful. I think he's a great guy. If he ever uh, goes the wrong way, like a thousand other people I've seen, you know, I probably won't affect me that much. Mm. Um, hope he doesn't but he, he seems pretty solid but uh well, that's one of the I, things he brings up you know his streams he's like if you ever see me going the wrong way he's like bail jump ship yeah. you know yeah that's one of the things i respect that's about great. It. yeah that's great you know um he probably won't say that when he does jump ship like i good point i have had great um christian men that are that have led me for an extended period of time that right now i'm trying to figure out if they're on the wrong path, because I had to go a different path than they did. I still think they're probably on the right path. I just think there's a couple of things they're ignoring, but who knows? But the point is, that's where the bear thing came from. Well, now pretty much all of his fans associate them as bears. Um, and he calls it being verified when you take a bear name. So for instance, my bear name is Wounded Bear. Now, a lot of people don't get that uh, it means nothing. You just pick a bear name and that's who you are. You know, it's not like official. There's no written list or anything like that. He doesn't need to say it online. You know, it's just you do it. But um, they've made a lot of people made it into a very official thing and, and everything else. But it, it's it has managed to be a great group of people, very independent. You know, hmm. um, what and show? Owen is Owen is very controversial for doing things. Owen is essentially changed from pro-choice to pro-life. Now he's against contraship contraception he thinks uh we didn't land on the moon and that people uh the government lies about that um he thinks that uh muslims are better than jews uh he thinks that jews um cause a number of the problems in american government right now um he thinks that what else does he think that's controversial he's got he's got a ton of controversy they keep coming lately he thinks that uh nuclear weapons don't exist Yep. And um, that's a fun thing, you know, but and I and I'm on board with the whole uranium not being dangerous thing because I work in pest control I'm around all these chemicals. I've inhaled them. Some of them have gone in my mouth. They don't affect you. 
the regulations are bogus. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I've been around asbestos. You don't die. They just scare you with this shit. You know? Mm-hmm. You know what kills you? God. And, and, and life. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's the, the, the thing that I... Um... I don't know. It's just weird when, when like, I don't consider there to be, you know, there's, um, you know, one of my biggest values is that, to, you know, I, I don't know where I would draw the line on every single issue, but what I know there, there are hills that I'm willing to die on. And that's, uh, kind of, um, thought crime, speech crime, and association crime based on those other two. So when people are yeah. like, you can't talk to this person, you can't entertain thoughts, you can't think think this thing, and you can't associate with certain people that talk and think about certain things. I've I've no you know I would you know I would give up any job any like any anything basically. It, it, that's such a ridiculous point to like I don't know I almost can't even articulate it because it's just like you won't let me you won't let me think something you won't let me say something you won't uh admit that there's been dishonesty in the past uh you won't admit that there's been corruption in the past I mean and and so that's why I'm kind of you know what I'd be labeled by the mainstream as like a conspiracy guy just because I recognize that they've happened I'm not even and you can make people so upset but just by never I've never even made a single claim about a current conspiracy really to this day and, and, and it's, but i just i respect people that are willing to take the hit basically be the first one through the, the battlefront and yeah, say that yeah and so that's why i respect those those values um i mean yeah. i also am a christian but like the the stance on those controversial topics that you just described is not as important to me as that are do we live in a society that cannot entertain controversial thoughts if so i, I want out like I want to be able to think for myself well, and, you know, let the chips fall. So, well, the thing, yeah. the thing, the thing you have to realize that um, about our society in particular is that um, Christianity traditionally is very much um, controlling of what you see, read, who you talk to. Like if you go to your average church, they will teach you to avoid certain people. Now, you could argue about whether or not that that is actually what Christ taught. Mm. But um, but the arguments there are one way or the other, because um, he has teachings that would support that. He has teachings that are against that. You know, for instance, I was lucky enough when I became a Christian to be around people who um, I basically what happened to me is because I was a very free thinking intellectual and it, it led me to depression, to suicidal thoughts, to sexual depravity. Like I could have died and, and like, I could have been like, Oh, I'm going to die today. And it wouldn't have even mattered. Mm. That's where I was. So when I became a Christian, I was like, okay, we're going to change everything. So I was like, I'm only going to read certain books. I'm not going to write, I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to think about things that I shouldn't think about. You know, that was basically what I thought. That was my approach. I was lucky enough to be around to have uh, spiritual mentors in my life that when I asked them, Hey, I just read a biography on George Washington or I just read the history of the Roman empire instead of reading a good book about Christian principles. Mm. They were like, that's fucking, that doesn't matter. Go ahead. Who cares? You know, the, the guy who, who, who got me drinking, um, for the first time, not that he got me drinking, but he invited me to drink. Take this son. He was, was, yeah, well, he was, he was my Christian mentor and Mm. he was the first one to, 
show me. I don't think he even realized what he was doing. I was going through a rough time. But he was the first one to show me that there's a difference between me drinking and my mother's alcoholism because mm. I was a total teetotaler. And uh, so my, my whole point is, is that um, Christianity plus free thinking and freedom, which is what's left out of most people's Christianity. They have a very strict Christianity that keeps them from experiencing life. Uh, when you put those two together, it creates a much more potent and much more powerful um, person. Like your life will be abundant, but, uh, but you will be rejected by Christians. Mm. So, and non-Christians. Wow. So it's not, it's not at all a given that once you're a Christian, you, you can cuss and drink or you can even talk to certain people. Cause most, most Christians won't talk to certain people, mm. you know, Wow. Does that mean anything to yeah, you? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I find it happening. Three years in. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I find it happening in me when I when I open my mouth too much. Yeah, when I – and it's it, – it's, uh, um, I don't know. It's hard to balance everything, man. It's so hard because uh, I, I, I don't know if I want to please everyone, but I, I certainly don't want to get in fights all the time. And I, I like – you know, I – I tend to think that things are harder to figure out when people get mad and when, um, I don't know. I just, what? Well, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that happens in your own brain. Mm. Like, like, you know, like I say, for instance, I'll say my, my sister committed murder. Therefore of an infant, therefore she deserves the death penalty. And people are so afraid of saying that. They're like, how could you kill your sister? You forgot that I didn't. I didn't kill her. All I did was she. All I did was say she deserved the death penalty. It's not the same as killing her, mm. you know. So a lot of these things happen in our own brain. I can say I get into fights all the time. A lot of times it's just a, like a couple of volleys in an internet conversation that got a little angry. That's not a fight. Mm. I grew up in a ninety percent black and Puerto Rican uh, uh, city, Syracuse. Uh, actually, Auburn, New York, just out of Syracuse, where you know, I walked into the locker room one day and there was blood, a trail of blood in the locker room. You know, I got into fist fights all the time and I got my ass kicked all the time. And uh, actually, I, I won a fair amount of them. But um, I haven't been in an actual like no heart, no holds barred like fist fight since I was 12, since mm. I moved to Seattle and was around all these pussy rich kids. Mm. You know, so we do. So it just happens in your brain. It's yeah. not actually happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you think that um, so do you think the tendency like do you think speaking up more? What? Where does that? That's a question I've been dealing with for a while. Is, is speaking up in an aggressive way? Um, does it move the dial? Like, because I want to convince other people, and uh, and so it seems like when people get put off, it it actually does the opposite. So is it a thing of you you're, you just speak your mind and let the chips fall? You're, or? you're focusing on the wrong thing. Okay. Uh, Jesus had something to say about this. He said, because he was drinking and having fun with his friends. And the Pharisees came to him and said, you drink and have fun with sinners. John was a pure man, John the Baptist. Why aren't you like John? And Christ said, you didn't listen to either of us. We sang uh, a, a funeral dirge 
and we sang a happy tune and you wouldn't listen to either. So obviously you're lost either way. Some people, some people communicate in a way that is bold and aggressive. Um, some people communicate in a way that is gentle. Some people communicate in a way that is pure. Some people communicate in a way, in a way that is raucous. Um, we are all different. And the most, you know, by the way, I'm the gentle one. When I'm not on these YouTube channels, I'm like the most gentle guy you'll ever see. When a person's actually in front of me, I'm so, my problem is, is that I am likely to lie to make someone feel better. Mm. So, um, the, the only, this is my thing about cussing is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What actually matters is being honest. If you can just be honest you've done more than 90% of people. So don't worry about it. Okay. That's why, you know, preacher bear can say life outside of drinking cussing is life living more abundantly. Fine. You could say that. That's the whole point. I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Christ died. So I could say whatever the fuck I wanted to say. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fascinating, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking to you about this. Yeah. This is cool. Cause I, you know, I'm, I, I don't know what path I'm on right now, but I know that, the interviewing and talking to people has something to do with it. And I want to get as many perspectives as possible. And if there's, I mean, I, you know, people, you know, people hate the government right now. You know, I'm essentially, a, I, I don't know what, you know, how full blown, but I'm essentially an anarchist. And I don't think that government is really legit, legitimate, you know, like there's so many problems that we, we never signed anything. We, uh, voting is taking away other people's freedom. Uh, and I live yeah. and I live in D.C. So and, and you're, I'm close to so many people yeah. that DC. that that affect this. And um, I, I want to give it a shot to get, you know, I, I, I like moderating debates and I like getting people in the same room. I've done it my entire life. I want to set up a discord server for people to fight in. And, you know, and it's like speech keeps us from violence. Um, so I'm starting. Yeah. To, oh, yeah. You know, it's I'm starting to have ideas of, of you know, like maybe not bringing people together, but kind of putting them in the same room so we can hash some of this shit out. And we have to bypass the government a little bit because nothing's getting done as far as solving the conflict, you know? Well, well, um, well, you, well, you unpacked a lot there. Yeah. I want to say this, what you said about, um, speech, what'd you say? Speech prevents yeah, violence. It keeps us from violence. Before, before it, speech, it was all war and killing. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and violence isn't necessarily a bad, I mean, well, it is an evil thing, hmm. um, but it's not necessarily, it's not, it can be a good thing. Um, but um, yeah, you know, you know, what's interesting. So I was reading a book called the uh, a history of England and its people, something like that. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, you know, modern politics was invented by the English after the English Civil Wars because everybody disagreed so much that they would kill each other. And so the English invented this thing called the Parliament where you could go and insult each other and, and nobody would die. And that was their replacement for war. You know, there's no, there's, there's no coincidence that a lot of the governments in the world have a Parliament, that the European union is a parliament you know it's an english invention and basically they invented politics to prevent war mm. they also by the way came up with the king james bible uh specifically to confuse everybody so that they wouldn't have so many disagreements about religion a lot of people don't know that but 
Um, you know, yeah, uh, just do just do whatever. Someone was asking me about that uh, on a Bible channel. Actually, Michelle was. She was commenting on a Bible channel, and um, she was preacher saying, Bear, "Preacher Bear says you're welcome, Nate." I think he's talking about because he's <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, you guys are kind of fucking it up right now. So. <laughs> preacher, preacher bear, I want to get you on. Uh, I don't know if you have Discord or not, but we were talking about the EU elections yesterday, and uh, I'd love to get you on my Discord server because I do call-ins, and I was looking to get some people from Europe uh, to call in. About- yeah, oh. yeah, that was cool. Thanks for calling in, Nate. Like, um, anyway, continue what you're saying. Yeah, you're in the middle of a thought. Well, I, I thought was that was talking- funny. When I called in about the European elections, I was talking about preacher bear when I said our friend, our mutual friend. But um, I just don't like. Sometimes people are like, "Why do you? Why does everyone have a bear name?" You yeah, um, that's why I didn't say his name. But uh, I know his actual name. I call him Father Tuck a lot, <laughs> but because he looks like Father Tuck. Yeah. yeah like... uh, okay, so the politics is a replacement for war thing. That was earth shattering when I figured that out because what that means is, let's say you're a good person, and you decide you're supposed to go to war. What do you think are the chances that you will have to do evil things and see evil things and be around evil things in war? 100%. Yeah. So when you go into politics, it's the exact same thing. You're going to have to dip your hands into the greasy kitchen sink in order to clean the dishes. You know, your hands are going to get dirty. Mm. And uh, that's what politics is war. It's, It's just slightly less violent well it's yeah it's who controls life and death in a resource municipality like yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's exactly. the controllers of life and death and people i don't know people don't um like i don't know if people know this or just take it for granted but it's it's the people it's the monopoly of violence and i've gotten in oh, yeah. i've yeah. gotten in huge fights just explaining that to people and they're like that's not true i'm like how can that not be true like name one government that's ever not been that yeah people you know here's a fun study uh, you know, name one person who's famous in history, not like a celebrity, uh, but famous in history who hasn't killed somebody or, or led to the death of somebody. They kill people. Mm. You know, that's how you get famous. Mm. Uh, you know, and someone's like Einstein, he invented the nuclear, you know, he helped invent the nuclear bomb. You know, whether or not you believe that now, I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just, it's just, it's just, that's what it is. That's what it is. I was going to yeah. say something. I forgot what the thing, why don't we, I'm sure you've got some other questions. No, that, I mean, that's cool. We, we're, oh. oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Michelle. <laughs> sorry. They got the chat. The chat is fire right now. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to read through some of it. Yeah. I usually go back and watch these afterwards and yeah. read through the chat and then try to reach out to people. But yeah. um, Michelle was commenting on my video and she said, and Michelle is a very intelligent person, obviously. I don't think women should be allowed to talk, but <laughs> but if this they are, <laughs> if they are, Michelle should be one of the one of the main ones. You know, she should talk for all the other women. Uh, what, <laughs> anyways, she was saying um, she doesn't understand Protestants um, because they try to go back to the 1600s or whatever to try to create a perfect society. And I said, you don't understand. Well, I didn't say this to her because she's a great woman. I wouldn't want to, you know, attack her. But what I, you know, basically, if it had been a man, what I would have said is, you don't understand history because we are, you know, 
the Antichrist will form a government and take over the world. That's the whole thing of Christianity. So um, there is no perfect society. There is no going back. What I actually think is every 30 years, we're going to have a major crisis. And there will be certain heroes that arise who will have to uh, act in this crisis and fight this crisis. And then um, they succeed or they don't succeed. You know what I mean? Like Brutus didn't succeed. He died and, and uh, Octavian became emperor of Rome, you know. Um, mm. You know, it's just that's the fun. You know, the reason why we live in a broken world is so that we don't run out of things to fix. You know, it's fun. And no matter how good we do, another 30 years, there's going to be another shit storm. The fun is fighting the battle with like we're men. We're made to fight. We're Nordic men. You know, the Nords thought that when they died, they would go to, to a place where they would drink in the morning, fight in the evening, die, then drink again, then fight again. And they thought in the end they would lose. But the point was you get to fight anyways. Mm. So wow. battle, is, battle is fun. Anyways, I'm sure yeah. you got other questions. That's fine. No, we're going we're gonna to wrap up quasi soon. I try to keep it in like 90 minutes or less. And the first video was, was an hour or it was 51 how, minutes. So How many questions – have you gotten through uh like three of 14 like so <laughs> so Just yeah and that's quick. fine no, I'll, I, well i mean there were more topics they weren't really like questions because i, I kind of threw this one together last minute um but i mean so i i wanted to i mean we'll talk about the debate thing another time and you know um i had some questions about christianity and i think that we'll handle that on a different stream because that can be its, okay. its own thing and uh yeah here's what i was wondering when you were on the generational gap talking about um talking about religion and stuff like that you see you mentioned i know you have specific things yeah that, yeah that so you were thinking about yeah so, so what what other stuff did you read when you were a kid before you were, before you became a christian oh um well i'll just list some authors yeah, for you please um i read uh c.s lewis narnia um i read robert jordan i read um cool. it's the wheel of time right Wheel of Time, cool. yeah, which which was great. Um, you know, as a kid, when I became about, I think twelve, I told my my father that I was trying to figure out um, what to read next, and then he started recommending uh, philosophy to me. Now I had discovered literature on my own, so I, so I'd read Scarlet Letter, um, Great Gatsby, really affected me, and there was a number of other ones. I have a hard time recalling all of them, mm. and then my father started recommending actual philosophy and so he said the name Nietzsche so he started reading Nietzsche I read uh, Machiavelli I'd read before that um, um, and then so I, I read a lot of philosophy I read um, Locke I skimmed through I didn't think much of him um, um, Hobbes I thought was much more realistic uh, Leviathan although he was very hard to read uh, Plato um, Aristotle uh, Xenophon, who Xenophon is so old school, he has a philosophy about how long your fingernails should be, you know. <laughs> Whoa! So, I read a little bit of Paradise Lost, uh, just the classics, and I always skim through when I felt like it. Like Paradise Lost, I think I read like two paragraphs, and I was like, "Fuck this! Hmm. I'll read this when I'm older." You know, I was twelve. Yeah, I mean? <laughs> man, I'm late to and the then, party, man. Yeah, and then when I became uh, 20, I started reading um, pretty 
exclusively I started reading biographies okay. and I wanted, I wanted to read presidential biographies and then I, I started reading other biographies too. Because mm. so, biographies is a better way to understand history than history books because mm. history books lie. Biographies, it's harder to, to lie. Still, you, they still lie. But. Have you ever uh, encountered, uh, you know, a bi- several bi- like biographies about the same person that just totally contradicted each other? Um, I, uh, cause they're just I, books. And so I, I'm like, you know, like, you know, I talk a lot about how maybe correct well, information because, can save us, but you know, people, I know, I know what you're talking about. I never did for this reason. Um, because when I started reading a biography, um, well, yeah, I did actually Reagan. Reagan okay. was very difficult to find a good biography on him because I, cause I understood literature and I was a writer. So I could tell the book and then I could tell what the author was thinking. Uh, by the way, I've also read James Joyce and, and some other really hardcore ones. But um, um, uh, so I could tell what the author was thinking. So if I ever read a biography where I could tell that the author didn't have respect for its subject matter. Mm. So, so like I read a biography called The, Invis- the Invisible Bridge which was about Reagan and uh, it was written by a journalist and he basically did nothing but mock Reagan the whole time. It's like, if you don't respect the guy you're writing about, you shouldn't be writing about him. So a lot of times I just discounted those authors. And so that's why I wouldn't, wouldn't read. I, I always got good biographies because I could sense as soon as I started reading it. Um, you know, I could, I could, you know what, let me do this. I've got a list of audio books I've gone through. I'll just read them down the list for you. Okay. Real quick. Yeah, because we'll have this video for later. I'll, I, I'm always looking for uh, new material to read, and I'm trying to become well-rounded in my old age. I didn't read this much when I was a kid. Uh, I read a lot of biographies, yeah. but not a lot of the classics, a lot of the philosophers and stuff. Well, it's not all classics that I read. You know, a lot of these books I haven't finished, but um, okay, so here's the first one. I'll just, just go through them real quick. Cool. The Greater Journey by David McCullough, which is about Americans moving to France. David McCullough is one of the best biographers. He mm-hmm. would be like the first. He was actually the first biography I read was Truman by David McCullough. Sherlock Holmes by Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. Wildfire by Nelson DeMille. Uh, based on a True Story by Norm MacDonald. The Idiot <laughs> by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah. see? <laughs> cool. Uh, I've got a couple books in here. Up the Organization, No Country for Old Men, Treason. I actually started reading that. Rational Bible by Dennis Prager. Uh, Grant by William McFeely. The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire by Edward Gibbon. Highly recommend that. It's very depraved, though. You will hear about things you did not want to hear about. Okay. American Nations by Colin Woodward. I don't know how I feel about that one. Writing Great Fiction. I, I Wizard's First Rule by Terry Goodkind, Decline and Fall, Edward Gibbon. Socrates, A Man for Our Time by Paul Johnson. A Connecticut Yankee by Mark Twain. Another, you know, Decline and Fall is like three volumes. Uh, The Last Lion, which is about Winston uh, Churchill by William Manchester. Probably the best biography on on, uh, Churchill. Andrew Jackson and the Miracle of, I don't, by Brian Kilmeade. Uh, King David by Jonathan Kirsch. Gather, uh, I didn't read that. Reagan by H.W. Brands. Pilgrim Chronicles by Rod Gregg. Mayflower by Nan Nathaniel. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Day of War. That's a great one by Cliff Graham. That's um, a, uh, a 
historical uh it's talking about some of the people who served under king david mm. and like it's like a gritty war story wow it's pretty cool. uh robert jordan robert jordan stephen king dark tower that's that got me back into writing again uh american colossus by hw brands that was actually really good mm. henry david thoreau walden uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, Democracy in America. Highly, highly recommend that. Okay. What Hath God Wrought by Daniel Walker Howe. John Quincy Adams by James Traub. The English and Their History by Robert Toombs. You know Andrew that, uh, you know that uh, What Hath God Wrought is the first Morse code message ever sent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We re- read about yep. that today in my program. That's what, uh, that's, what that's about. It's uh, about the history history between like 1865 and 1900 mm-hmm. it's because i couldn't find a good biography for that history period except one about um dl moody which is uh who was a famous preacher uh very interesting biography napoleon by andrew roberts atlas shrugged ayn rand don quixote mm-hmm. which is a great pretty funny book uh plutarch's lives uh washington a life by ron chernow rome's last citizen which is about cato Really like that one, too. Lyndon Johnson, The American Dream by Goodwin. Goodwin's a great biographer, although she's a woman, so she kind of focuses more on the drama. Like, she wrote a biography about Lincoln. Yeah, I read that one. Yeah, by Team of Rivals, which was great. Great. And um, Yeah, I love that book. Yeah. It was great, but but she made it sound like – and she she did the same thing with with, uh, FDR, where she made it sound like the war just happened naturally, and what really mattered was how he felt about his wife, you know. And it, it's great, but she makes it sound like the war wasn't like almost like it was like a God's natural, like God was handling everything. Like she didn't talk about what the people, you know what I mean? If it had been written by a dude, it would have been all about the war. So mm. anyways, Trump, it, but it's still really good. Uh, Trump, the art of the deal. Uh, Abraham Lincoln in his early life by Michael Burlingame. That was interesting about how he was like an orphan, things like that. No Ordinary Time, which is about FDR, Doris Kearns Goodwin, Out of the Silent Planet, which is a C.S. Lewis yeah. space trilogy. Sure. I listened I listened to 38 hours of uh, C.S. Lewis's random essays. That was fascinating. Whoa. So Love if C.S. You listen Lewis, to, man. You read through some of his essays, man. Uh, let's see. Ulysses by James Joyce, God's Debris by Scott Adams, How to Fail by Scott Adams, The Go-Getter by Peter Kine, Mornings on Horseback by David McCullough. It's about Teddy Roosevelt. Um, 1776 by David McCullough, which is really good. Uh, Bible, Crucial Accountability, Team of Rivals, The Screwtape Letters, and Truman by David McCullough. That's the full list. Wow. Yeah. Of I mean- my honor. Those are some classes. Those are classics, right there, man. Yeah, I got it. I've read and uh, I've listened. I've listened to. I've gone through probably about sixty to seventy percent of that. Wow, so. cool, sweet man. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's wrap up pretty soon. Why don't you tell people about what you write? But about? I'm having such a good time. Yeah, I, I usually I I got to keep these ninety minutes or so. I'm sorry. Uh, next time we stream, we'll do longer. But I got to do something after this. Uh, so but I'll gonna, definitely have you back on. Yeah, I, I definitely have you back on. I like talking to you. Yeah. What uh, what do <laughs> you, you know, write, what, what do you write about? Um I write about um fiction stories um that I try to write um in the tradition of like CS Lewis but um much 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 more mature 
with a lot more sex and drugs and alcohol, you know, but these open and honest uh, parables of real life. So like, you know, let's take a fantasy novel and, and, you know, it's written by a Christian, but it's still an honest to God fantasy novel or a sci-fi novel where someone's on a different planet, hmm. but it's written by a Christian, you know? So, you, so there's, there's Christian like philosophy that seeps into it, but it's just honest. Hmm. Like I wrote, um, not too long ago, I wrote a, uh, a section of a book that was, uh, about this guy. He was a general and he was invading, uh, this city. And basically his soldiers wanted to sack the city and he goes in to stop his soldiers from sacking the city. And he's like interrupting rapes and, and stopping, um, like they're burning books and things like this. And, uh, it's, uh, it, what it ends up being is a rewrite of, uh, Dante's Inferno. So the different levels of hell, as he goes into the city, he sees people doing things. So like, mm. you've got lust, you've got gluttony and it was really, really disturbing, but fun to write. Wow. Yeah. Unpublished. Do you publish them at all? Or do you just have them like on your computer? I, I, I had it published, uh, back in the day on, um, a couple of things. And then I started submitting them to larger publishers. So I had to pull them down from, from those free things that let people to like, there was this one thing where you pay to read. So you read one chapter for free. You pay if you want the next chapter. Oh, and it was, it was pretty good, but I had to pull them all down to submit them to a publisher. Cause they say you can't have it published anywhere else. Hmm. And, um, so no, I haven't been published since then, oh. but I do on my YouTube channel. I read through them and it's more of a commentary on writing. So a lot of times I, spoil the story and things like that all right well next time we talk uh we're gonna talk about uh you know christianity religion and i, I want to talk about your channels too i mean uh we clearly could talk for a while um i just gotta go so, so. i know you do uh so me to promote myself please uh, i do one episode a day of a bible study it's usually about 15 minutes and what i did was i started from genesis 1 1 and i just read through it because my goal was to make people not stupid and know the Bible so that if somebody says something or whatever, you can't be manipulated. So I'm, I'm literally reading through every sentence of the Bible. There's a few I skipped through, mostly in Leviticus. Mm. Um, I also do uh, longer streams and things on specific topics. There's some of that in there, like abortion, pornography, things like that. And then uh, regularly I put out, um, like I said, reading through um, the books I've written, but, uh, if you want to see me talking on other channels, you can do that. Um, you, usually these conversations I have are on other channels, they're not on my channel. So you just have to find them, you know, Stephen and Ramus, that's one, the generational gap, uh, gospel bearer has a bunch, me and breath of fresh bear, his channel, uh, sing along bear. And there's a few others. So, wow. Sweet. Well, uh, your YouTube channel is linked down in the show description. Uh, people can check it out after the facts. And uh, I don't know. And I'm an easy guy to get a hold of. Tons of people have my phone number. Tons of people have my email. I'm like, I'm not afraid. You nice. Know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. So I mean, that was that was really cool. And I uh, I don't know if there's anything I can do out there. I want to like start you like I had a joke today on my daily stream of just like uniting the clans and i just think of these groups I, I you know i want to unite these groups that like you know so-called hate each other and stuff like that so if we can get like you know more debates more people talking 
you know, I, I, I love doing that stuff. So, um, I, you, you know, have to be, you have to allow, in order for people to be united, they have to be allowed to hate each other and make fun of each other. You know what I mean? Like if, if the Persian emperor and the Roman emperor meet and the Romans say Persians are a bunch of fags and we'll fuck them. And the Persians say, well, you guys have no intellectualness. We have all the academies and they hate each other. They can be like, okay, now we can ally and go to war against Germany. You know what I mean? That's how men interact. So the problem is, is we act like we can't hate each other. And so we actually end up never talking to each other. Wow, that's a good point. Well, that's a good place to close. going to get out of here. I want to thank everyone who checked us out today. And the ones who check us out after today, that was Call Me Ignorant. You can catch my stream, The Daily Ignoramus, every weekday, midday. Follow me By on... By the way... Oh, well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Right. You're fine. Right after this, I'm going to go on a different channel because they've been bugging me. Uh, 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 gospel bear. So if you want to keep going on after that, cool. Yep. All right, sweet. So this will be uploaded to Google Play, Spotify, and Apple and Podbean later. You can follow me on Twitter at Ignoramus Steve. Send me an email at stevenignoramus at gmail dot com. I am Stephen Ignoramus. My guest tonight was Nathaniel Slattery. Please check out his YouTube channel. Have a nice night. Go inform yourself.